Please be seated. For those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God upon which we base our message on this second Sunday after the Epiphany is the Gospel for uh, today. You've heard it read before from John, uh, the second chapter. I recall just these words. Cana in Galilee was the place where Jesus began to perform miracles. He made his glory public there, and his disciples believed in him. the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, the miracle worker, who once again this morning will work that wonderful miracle and mystery of his body and blood in, with, and under the bread and wine, my beloved. The gospel for today is a record of Jesus' very first miracle. He changed water into wine. You might say it was the time for wine. Now this morning, before we take a look at Jesus' miracle itself, I think a little information regarding wine might uh, be in order. Uh, Whether you knew it or not, the three main agricultural products of the Holy Land in Jesus' day were wheat and grapes and olives. Wheat, obviously, for bread Uh, grapes, ultimately for wine, and olives for olive oil. Besides those three commodities being uh, edible, consumable foods, wine and oil, believe it or not, also serve for medicinal purposes. Perhaps some of you remember the story, parable that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan. And when when he was binding up the man's wounds, he poured on oil and wine. Wine as an alcoholic antiseptic and oil as a soothing agent. In Jesus' day, wine was a commodity that carried with it great significance. It was a very valuable and precious commodity because it took great expense and effort to grow. During the growing season, the grapes had to have just the proper amount of moisture, not too much rain, not too little, just the proper amount of sunshine, Enough heat, but not too little. A couple of years ago, my brothers and I and our wives uh, took a tour to Italy, and uh, we had the privilege of staying in a villa in the middle of a vineyard. And it wasn't a good growing season. There was too much moisture, not enough heat. The grapes have to be stressed out to make good wine, so you know what they were going to do? Plow the crop under. It was no good. Just the right soil you need. And then there was the pruning and the harvesting and the crushing and the bottling. And finally, if it was a good vintage year, you had a wonderful gift to share with others, something of great value. Wine was also significant of enjoyment and fellowship. Psalm 104 says, wine that gladdens human hearts. Wine was served uh, in the environments of relaxation and fellowship, like at weddings and birthday parties. St. Paul said, a little wine is good for the stomach's sake. And believe it or not, 
in the prophets Joel and Amos, they actually talk about wine as being a prophecy of heaven. <clears throat> Joel says on that day, when uh, Judgment Day begins and our life in heaven, new wine will uh, cover the mountains. Amos says, when new wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. To have no wine either meant a drought or war. Because you have to have peace to plant and harvest. In other words, if there was an absence of wine, something was wrong. But if there was an abundance of wine, everything was okay. An abundance of wine was an indication that you were favored with God's presence. Jesus performed his very first miracle in the small, out-of-the-way town, Cana of Galilee, up north. It was a time for wine. A wedding celebration was going on, and Jesus and his mother and his five or six disciples that he had at this time were all invited. And the celebration usually went on for about seven days. I think it's nothing unusual, isn't that, about the way it is in 2016, too? I mean, you have the bridal shower, and you have the bachelor's party, and you have the rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner, and then you have the wedding and the wedding reception, and then you have the opening of gifts, and by the time everything is done, it's about seven days. But then there was this unthinkable disaster. They ran out of wine. I don't know if somebody didn't do a very good planning or uh, maybe people were imbibing too much, no wine. Could have been a great embarrassment to the wedding couple. And so Jesus' mother, Mary, went to Jesus and said, they have no wine. Jesus' answer is, why did you come to me? My time has not yet come. Jesus was indicating to his mother that now their relationship was going to change from son to mother, from sinner to savior. One writer put it this way, Mary wanted to fill an immediate need to avoid embarrassment, and so she spoke as his mother. Jesus needed to reveal himself as the Messiah and to strengthen the faith of the disciples, and so he spoke to her as, as her savior. Their purposes were essentially different, although his would satisfy hers. Jesus had to remind Mary, my time has not yet come. See, my timetable is not according to man's. My timetable is according to my heavenly father's. Just think of that. Jesus' time had not yet come. Jesus, the creator of time. Isn't it kind of interesting how the Bible begins, in the beginning? I always ask my classes, in the beginning of what? Well, in the beginning of time. That's when God said, let there be light. In the fullness of time, when just the right time had come, God sent forth his son. You see, God's timing is always impeccable. Time. Just at the right time, from noon until three, Jesus hung on the cross. Just at the right time, on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead for you. Just at the right time, Jesus performed his first miracle. St. John informs us that there were six stone uh, water pots standing there. Huge, 
20 to 30 gallons apiece, uh, no water in them. They were dry. Uh, they usually used those, the, the water for uh, ceremonial ritual purifications, but they were empty right now. So Jesus said, fill them up. The servants filled them up to the brim. He poured out. It was wine. Between 120 and 180 gallons. That should have lasted them for the rest of the seven days, I would think. Just imagine that, though. Jesus performed a miracle, quantity and quality at the same time. The wine steward said, well, why didn't you serve the best first? A miracle. Did you ever think about it? A miracle done by Jesus, the creator. Something that they cannot do in the most sophisticated scientific laboratories. Change an inorganic compound into an organic one. But God can do it, and Jesus did it. It's kind of interesting if you really read the Greek. Some other translations say that, and John says, this was the first miraculous sign that Jesus did. You know, when you talk about what Jesus did and you just refer to it as a miracle, that's referring to the what. When you talk about this as being a sign, you're referring to the who. You know what a sign is? It's like a marker. It's like a pointer. It's an indicator. Jesus was providing a sign indicating that Emmanuel, God with us, is now here. God was favoring his people with his presence. Just like Jesus listened to the request of his mother. He was going to answer it, but in his own time and in his own way. Never think about it, how our gracious Lord invites us to make our request to him too. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. You will glorify me. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. You think, you know what he's saying? He says, as you're praying, it's a done deal. And prayer is a privilege that only a child of God has. And you know why you heard me say it before. Because the only God that exists is the triune God. Praying to, to, to any other God, it's like knocking your head against the wall. The triune God is the only one who is there. He gives you a privilege to talk to him and make your requests. But sometimes we make mistakes in our prayers. And we ask for the wrong things at the wrong time. But never fear, because God always translates even your incorrect prayers to beautiful words in his ears. But you know, if you're anything like me, you know how sometimes our prayers go, even if it's just subconscious. Lord, I want it now. Lord, take it away now. Lord, help me now. Lord, fix it now. And sometimes Jesus responds just like he did with his mother. He says, you're going to have to wait. Because God's timing is always impeccable. He always grants your request just at the right time and just in the right way. And you might say what God says through all the pages of Holy Scripture is you're going to have to trust me in this thing because I really do know what I'm doing. 
kind of a little sub-thought. Did you ever think about it? Jesus performed this miracle. This was not a life and death matter. This was not a critical issue. I mean, they ran out of wine. There would have been some embarrassment, not a life and death issue. But Jesus is even concerned about the little things, the non-critical things of our lives, like lost car keys and flat tires and dead cell phone batteries. He watches over you every day. He knows the exact count of the hairs on your head. Isn't it kind of interesting how Jesus so often when he did his miracles, he did it in quietness and humility. You take a really hard look at this miracle. It's kind of interesting that the only ones who really knew who did this miracle were the servers who poured the water and poured the wine, Jesus' mother and about four, five, six disciples. But the results of the sign were so miraculous. It says he made his glory public there and his disciples believed in him. Fishermen disciples of embryonic faith grew that day in their love and trust for their Savior. It's kind of interesting how this St. John who wrote this second chapter also wrote the 20th chapter of his gospel where he tells us there, Jesus performed many other miracles that his disciples saw. These miracles are not written in this book, but these miracles have been written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and so that you will have life by believing in him. God's timing is always so impeccable. At just the right time, Jesus was born. At just the right time, Jesus provided wine. At just the right time, Jesus died. At just the right time, Jesus rose again. And just at the right time, you will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory to take you to a new heaven and to a new earth where new wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. On that day, new wine will cover the mountains. But today, on this day in January 2016, today on this morning, we say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for the favor of your presence in, with, and under the bread and wine today for us to eat and to drink. And dear Lord, as you did with your disciples of old, increase our faith. God granted for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. <clears throat> And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, 
Very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 